episode 81 of the Hoop Threads podcast. Um, here with uh, two two close friends that are involved in the scouting industry to recap Nike EYBL uh, session one. Uh, so I am Aaron Proyer, your host, uh, owner of OWE Hoops as well, uh, scout out of the DMV area um, based in Maryland. Uh, let's kick it to Colby next. Kind of let him know where you're writing for and stuff like that. Yeah, Aaron, first of all, appreciate you uh, appreciate you having me on, man. Um, Colby Jacobino, do the same, uh, you know, scouting um, pretty much in the same area. Uh, I think I'm a little bit up, up north from you in Baltimore, but definitely frequent the D.C., Northern Virginia areas as well. Um, you know, I have my own scouting service, Colby G Scouting. Also do stuff for, for prep hoops and also the uh, 24-7 uh, sports inside Maryland sports site. Awesome. Dave? Uh, appreciate you having me on, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I'm David Hendren. I'm from the Kentucky area. Uh, I work for Pro Insight. I'm a contributor there, so I'm just doing a lot of like interviews, articles, scouting, that type of thing. So I'm just kind of getting fresh into the industry. I started back in uh, November, so just trying to get my feet wet. So We're glad you could make it, man. It was really good to meet you uh, a couple months ago at the uh, SA National event in D.C., and uh, looking forward to, to kind of learning and growing together. All right, so let's get into it. our first question. Um, what's something that you guys notice uh, when you go into a gym that kind of players and, and parents don't, don't know about? Um, I'll take this first. Um, I really notice how good you are off the ball. Um, you know, everyone nowadays is like, oh, I'm a point guard. You know, even though they're 6'9", I can't handle the ball. Um, you know, what can you do when the ball is not in your hands? Can you cut to open space? Can you create shots for others with screens? Um, are you directing, you know, the where people are supposed to go, even if you're not the point guard and don't have the ball in your hands? Can you tell, uh, you know, Dave to cut back door? Can you tell Colby to come set you a screen like he's supposed to do for the set? You know, stuff like that. Um, that stuff is really important to me, and it shows that you're, you know, locked in. It shows that you're a good teammate, and it shows that you just have the IQ to, to be successful. So uh, let's move to Colby next. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take it a little bit pregame. Uh, I I focused a lot on on the warmups uh, and the approach to warmups. Now with AAU, especially in this setting, guys don't have a lot of time. Um, but one thing I've noticed just with the the players in our area, Aaron and Baltimore, and you know even one guy who sticks out like a sore thumb with how he prepared prior to the game was Emmanuel Quickly. Um, you could just tell it was a calculated warm up, and you know while he might not been doing the layup lines with his team, it was more of a calculated warm up with ball handling and just kind of getting the, the different senses warmed up before the game. So I like to see the the mindset. I mean, that kind of bleeds into say like a body language type of thing um, prior to the game. How much you communicate with guys, you know, or just what's your what's your mental makeup? I feel like before a game, you can kind of get a feel for for a player's mental makeup. For sure, Dave. Yeah, kind of just uh, carrying off what Colby said. I think body language is incredibly important, how you communicate with your coach, how you communicate with your teammates. Um, and most importantly, like, what do you do to affect the game when the ball is not in your hands, like on both sides of the floor, kind of like Aaron was touching on, like not having the ball in your hands. But I, I like to focus on defense a lot because I feel like that kind of is something that kind of gets thrown into the wayside sometimes when you're watching AAU basketball. So, you know, just – are you active on help side rotations? Are you denying the ball? Are you getting back on defense if you turn the ball over? Just a lot of those like little things I feel like are really important to focus on, especially in an AAU setting. I feel like that that's a great point. And I feel like a lot of the time too, we're not we're not talking about the nuances defensively as far as 
you know, like you said, tagging the roller and, and, and help side, you know, even though we can break down offensively, you know, he's, you know, three level score or, you know, the mid range pull up is, you know, money, stuff like that. We don't really touch on the defensive side of that um, as much um, because, you know, offense is flashy. So let's move on to the next one. Uh, a couple names that impressed you um, in the 2026 class. Um, for me, Carter Meadows uh, played for uh, high school basketball for Gonzaga. Um, also a team takeover kid with their 15U group. Um, just really does a lot of the little stuff that we were just talking about, blocking shots, rebounding. Um, he's not a loud communicator yet, but he's a freshman, so I don't really hold that against him. Uh, really athletic, plays incredibly hard on both ends of the floor and just extends possessions um, and then ends extends possessions offensively and ends them defensively, which we love to see. Um, also really like seeing um, Jordan Sigmund plays with the family. Um, really good score, really good feel for the game, understands, you know, how to get to open space, understands how to get, you know, some extra points off of offensive rebounds, uh, really popped in the, their uh, game against uh, Team Mello 15U. So we'll go to Colby uh, next for this one. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll uh, start off with um, the uh, takeover 15s, um, Prince Alexander Moody. Uh, Aaron, you and I were watching the game uh, early on, and, and I mean, it was clear, he, you know, and we probably called him a few times uh, at his season in Bishop McNamara. Um, he's just a natural scorer, uh, you know, combo guard, good size, 6'2", 6'3", um, but just really has a good feel for, you know, getting his own, how to play off the ball, how to move off the ball. He's always running, uh, you know, the lanes wide in, in the open floor. Uh, and as a result, you know, he averaged 15 points a game um, for a takeover team that pretty much, you know, steamrolled a lot of a lot of teams that were put in front of him. Um, and, and not only, you know, was he doing it uh, at a high clip, but he was doing it at an efficient one, um, shot over 62% from the field, 60% from three. Um you know, nine on 15 attempts from there. So, uh, you know, it was just him. That team takeover uh, team on 15s at the 15s level, you know, they're loaded, man. They have a they have a ton of talent. They have a ton of weapons. Um, but he's really the guy who is, is you know, leaned on to to do a lot of the just pure scoring. Um, you have a lot of – I could have chosen a lot of pieces on that team. He was kind of the low-hanging fruit, so I was going to go there uh, for that one. But um, – Aaron, you'll you'll also. I, 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 are we just doing one at a time? Are we just? Are yeah, we just? Not, not, not. Give, give me all three. Gotcha. So I, I went off the same guys you because we were sitting right next to each other when we were watching Marcus Johnson um, yes. from Indy Heat. You know, just a really fluid, mature uh, type of league guard. Uh, you know, team takeover was was doing all they could to to get the ball out of his hands, and uh, you know he was making consistently good uh, decisions. As, as the double team came and, and making the right passes, even though the ball should probably always remain in his hands in that case um, or on that team, uh, just showed that he can score it in different ways from all three levels. I, I loved that, you know, even though team takeover kind of ran away with that game, he was still getting after it on the defensive end as well. He didn't let that affect his effort. Uh, so that really stood out to me. My third guy was uh, Parker Robertson, Robinson from uh, Mello. Um Yep, and I, and you know, obviously with that team, it's it's very easy to label them the Adam Umadoc show, um, but you know, Parker has definitely showcased his skills, and I saw him a few times with good counsel, but obviously they were such a, a senior laden team that he kind of had to get what he could and and, and play a minimal role, and it, it gave me a a better opportunity to see uh, how he responds when he has a lot more responsibility, and he's skilled. 
He's a lot more athletic than people are going to think. He's going to catch a lot of people off guard. Um, he's a competitor, and I think he's a guy who can contribute to uh, you know multiple statistical categories at a high level going forward. He's just a gamer, man. He's a, he's a gamer. He's actually from Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. So, you know, not maybe not Indianapolis, but he's from Indy originally. So that makes a lot more sense of, you know, how he plays and everything as well. So, Dave? Yeah. Um, first guy uh, that really caught my eye was um, Ashton Pierce from uh, Team CP3. Um, just a very skilled three-level score for a 15-year-old. Like, just watching his game against the Florida Rebels, his ability, uh, he was finishing transition through contact. He was getting to the free throw line. Uh, he was hitting pull-ups from the mid-range, catch-and-shoot threes, just a really well-rounded score. Um, I think the shot selection can be a little iffy sometimes, but he's a volume score. Like, the more shots you get him, the more rhythm he's going to get into. Um, another guy from CP3 that I really liked was Deontay Neal. Uh, he's a point guard. Um, he averaged 15 points, six assists a game, and he almost had a five-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio over the weekend, showing, like, 29 assists to six turnovers. So taking care of the ball and being efficient, getting his teammates involved. But uh, he just really dictates the tempo. Like he can really push the ball up the floor. He just kind of has control of the pace of the game overall. And he can get his own. And he has, even though he's undersized, he has no problem getting to the basket and finishing and getting to the free throw line. And um, he was just really effective uh, creating offense for himself and his teammates. And then, Another um, player that I really liked from the Florida Rebels uh, was Suzanne Mosley. He was a big man for them, about like 6'6", long, athletic, can run the floor, uh, was protecting the rim. And he kind of has some uh, old school, like low post game to him where he he does a lot of work around the basket with like drop steps and, you know, using his size and his frame to kind of clear out bigs and finish around the basket. So I was really impressed with him as well. Awesome. Let's uh, move on next to the uh, 2025s. Uh, so for me, the first one was uh, Team Thad's Jamarion Davis Fleming. Um, he was punching everything. I had him down for four blocks, and he he might have had one more. Uh, really rebounds the ball well, uh, about six, seven-ish. Um, really loved the energy that he played with from start to finish. Got a lot of putbacks, a lot of rebounds. He was uh, he was really key to them uh, being team takeovers only loss uh, so far um, this season. Uh, Jake West, uh, 2025, 6'2", with final 16s, uh, just has a really good feel and just plays with really good pace. Uh, can't Doesn't really get sped up, makes the right read, knows when to shoot and when to score. Um, I just think he has a, a pretty bright future ahead of him. And then 6'9", uh, Florida Rebels uh, forward Dwayne Brown, um was just rebounding everything dunks put backs playing really hard running it running the floor end to end and just played within himself he wasn't he wasn't trying to shoot a, a ton of threes he would like he was just doing big man shit and for me i just love to see dudes that play within themselves and play their role and kind of excel in that role so uh let's go next to colby for this one yeah i mean i'm not i'm not uh i'm not gonna reach too far here um i'm gonna start off start off mine with with Cam Ward, who I think had, you know, his coming out party for more on a national stage. Um, Aaron, I think we're pretty well versed with him from from this season. Uh, he's a big, you know, he's a big deal in in the DMV uh, and rightfully so with what he's done um, as a sophomore at a public school, kind of making, you know, Largo uh, relevant and, 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 and putting up ridiculous numbers while doing it. And it was good to see it translate into an EYBL setting. 
where, you know, there's a lot of talent on that Durant team too, but he's clearly, in my opinion, um, the best prospect on that team. Uh, average, you know, over 18 points a game, seven rebounds. Um, you know, I myself I was sitting with a, a particular blue, bu- blue blood uh, coach um, or part of the staff, and they loved him. Um, other programs are, are all in on him pretty much from what they just saw this weekend. Uh, and it wasn't even so much, you know, obviously you, you see the the size, you see the the ball handling ability, you see the scoring ability, but it was like a, a lot what we, you know, touched on before this podcast um, or as the podcast was starting with just, you know, the, the simplicity of he plays hard, his team's up 20, his team's down 20. He's still trying to to get every you know 50-50 ball that he can. Um, still trying to get every bucket. Still trying to make guys better. He's he's constantly uh, you know vocalizing to his teammates you know what they have to do. So um, he's the epitome of a guy who's going to blow up here uh, nationally soon. I mean he's already a four star, but I, I've been calling him a five star for a while because I think he has all the all the tools that are needed for that. Uh, my next guy, um, again, I spent a lot of time with with the DMV prospects, just watching them over the over the weekend. Um, and one, uh, Adlan uh, Elamine from Team That's Takeover. Uh, man, I mean, you know, again, we had a chance to see Bishop O'Connell um, over this past this past season. Didn't really take notice of him. They had a lot of talent on there. You know, he didn't get as much of, of an opportunity. Um, but he took advantage of the stage, you know, this weekend, again, for a loaded takeover team. I think with every takeover team, you have to kind of, uh, you know, all these guys' stats are watered down from a numbers perspective just because of how many guys they have. Um, but, man, just everything that you want in a prospect that that streams upside, uh, you know, 6'7", lengthy, wiry, um, going to fill out, may even grow, you know, an inch or two more. He's still – you know, looks like a baby in the face, still talks like a baby. So, you know, and and, and it, there's just so much, there's so much uh, intrigue there. You know, you average over nine points a game, did it on efficient numbers, uh, 64% from the field, over 64% from three, which is really intriguing to me. And uh, he took advantage of his free throws shooting over 83%. So he does a lot of, he checks a lot of boxes in terms of guys who, you know, the type where you would watch now, check on in, you know, next spring at session one, and he takes another major step. So he's definitely on my um my radar going forward, and uh, I'm hoping that he gets a, a shot uh, next season at Bishop O'Connell to continue on his path. Um, the last one I really enjoyed was uh, a guy who's gained a bunch of steam as well, uh, Will Riley um, from, from Uplay uh, Canada. Um, you know, it's again, six foot seven. Now he has like ridiculous ball skills for his size, for his age. Uh, and, and, and there was nothing really special about it. He just kept getting into the lane, finished floaters with either hand. Everything just looked very easy to him. Um, didn't force anything. Uh, and, and he put up, he put up some, some crooked numbers in terms of points per game. And I don't have them on hand, but, um, I think he's a, he's swiped up at least, I would say five or six offers uh, since, you know, this weekend from, from high major programs. So Will Riley's definitely one on the rise in my opinion as well. One thing I want to add on Cam Ward, you know, one of the best kids and one of the funniest kids that the DMV has to offer as well, Uh, you know, coached by his father at Largo high school and his mom's actually the AD and the girls coach as well, uh, which a lot of people don't know. So basketball is definitely in his blood over there Um, with Oddline. I just kind of want to see the consistency. Um, you know, the consistency obviously comes with that time and that opportunity, but I would love to see him continue to put that together on a game to game basis. So, uh, Dave, what you got for this one? 
Yeah, the the first guy won't be much of a surprise here. Uh, this is my first time seeing Cameron Boozer, and I was just absolutely blown away. Um, I mean, offensively, I remember seeing, you know, this was in the matter of probably two or three minutes, comes down the floor, hits a guy with a between-the-legs cross pull-up, you know, a few possessions later, hits like a trail three from the top of the key, and then a few plays after that, he had like a – post up down low and muscled through two guys and scored. So, I mean, offensively, just a complete player. You can play him through the high post. He can hit mid-range jump shots. He can find teammates if you play a zone and pick you apart from the high post. He can shoot the three. He um, he shot 90.5% from the free throw line. I think he took 42 free throws in the event. So, I mean, just shows you, like, his quality and touch as a big guy. And there were numerous plays as well where I saw him would he'd grab the ball off the rim and go coast to coast and find a teammate or just finish. So just a really complete offensive player. And there's definitely defensive upside too, like from a mobility standpoint, showed some ability to switch onto guards a little bit and protect the rim. So definitely worthy of the ranking that he has. That's for sure. Um, Piggyback off of that too. This was a guy that Aaron pointed out to me before the event to keep an eye on because I was going to be watching some of the Night Riders. Um, Dante Allen was going back to earlier about you know the body language, the defense. He will get his nose in there. He will get dirty. Um, he defends pretty much one through four right now. He can shoot the ball. He's unselfish. He's just a team first guy. Um, looked at his offers and he's already got a Villanova offer, which makes like perfect sense, you know, unselfish moves the ball, plays defense, doesn't care if he scores or not, just wants to win really vocal brings energy. So I was really impressed with him too. And then, uh, lastly, this is a guy I watched back at uh Midwest mania this past weekend and caught more of them this week at the EYBL was Jalen Reese, um, from the Florida rebels. He's a little undersized. I'd probably say maybe five ten. But just talk about like a true floor general that can run a team. Um, he picked up an Alabama offer recently, just can really push the pace, find teammates. You know, you can have all the comfort in the world in playing him, playing him in pick and roll, which is obviously essential to today's game. Um, he can drive and find teammates. He can hit the three. I was looking at his um, shooting splits from this week. 62% from the field on 26 of 42, 9 of 15 from three, 60%. So really just shooting the heck out of the basketball. Um, just a really, you know, a guy that you can give the ball to and he can just run a team. So those three guys I really enjoyed watching this past weekend. Jalen's actually the coach's son uh, for that team as well. Um, and, you know, touching on Dante Allen, you know, <laughs> favorite of the podcast. Um, his father, Malik, played at Villanova, so they've known about him for a while. I believe he holds Florida State and a couple other offers, but is unranked. And, you know, rankings aren't everything, but some some things just don't make sense. Uh, so last uh, kind of age group, uh, 2024, moved through this kind of quickly. Um, my biggest standout was Bishop Boswell for Team CP3. Um, just really did everything you could ask for against Paul George Elite. Um, was taking care of the basketball, getting getting to the paint, kind of creating for others you know, was playing hard defensively. Um, you know, the shooting splits were really good um, that that whole weekend as well. Um, and just was just running the show for them. You know, there's there's some mouths to feed. You know, he's playing on the same team 
um, as, as a UNC commit, you know, Drake Powell, um, and, and still just kind of played within himself, you know, 16 points, seven rebounds, six assists, one steal was five of six from the floor. Um, just, just really high level player. Uh, so Colby, let's move to you on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, uh, just, the uh, starting off Pat Nagamba, um, I, I, yeah, he's a guy who I really enjoyed watching this weekend, team takeover 17s, another dude who really, you know, caught a lot of steam in terms of the recruiting front. Um, you know, he had some schools on him prior. I think a lot of this work that he did over the weekend was confirmation. And then also, um, you know, a heads up for other power five programs that this is a legitimate big who has a lot of upside, in my opinion, because of his feel, uh, his ability to play within his role and, um, you know, just really embrace his strengths. Uh, average 11.8 points per game, uh, just under 10 boards. Um, was really the the most consistent presence for a team takeover team who finished two and two on the weekend had no prior you know warm up experience um, before this weekend so they were all kind of you know thrown into the fire even though they know each other pretty well but it, it's his uh, it's his splits that were so efficient seventy eight point three percent from the field he hit both of his threes uh, so went one hundred percent and then you know shot nine of fifteen from the free throw line you want to see that a little bit better. Um, but I, I think the, the big thing to highlight there is his threes. And I was talking with him after um, after a game where he, you know, drilled one from from the top of the key in transition. And if he can do that on a little bit of a regular basis, uh, now we're talking about upper echelon, um, you know, sort of power five prospect, in my opinion, just because of the, his size, his know-how, and his ability to impact the paint at, at both ends. Um Moving on to my next guy, another guy I enjoy watching, uh, Carter Knox, uh, Florida Rebels, really kind of choosing between, you know, Kentucky and Louisville at this point. Um, both head coaches were in attendance when I had watched um, them play actually against Team Takeover, and he, you know, gave them the business. Um, and, and a lot of things coming into session one with Carter Knox was the consistency overall and his shooting. Um I'd say it was pretty consistent, uh, shot over 60% from the field. And, and the one thing, you know, was his shooting. He hit 10 of 24 from, from, from three looks like a pretty ball on his release. Um, six, five, six, six power athlete really just, you know, gets to where he needs to go, um, in the mid range or gets to the paint. Not a guy who's going to be looking to spray it out to shooters or really make a lot of guys around him better in that sense. But, and, and his ability to put the pressure on the rim and collapse the defense speaks for itself. And I think he has a lot of uh, positional versatility as well. Uh, my third guy that I'll quickly touch on that I would watch any day of the week is Rob Wright uh, from Team Final. Uh, I just think he's a guy who plays point guard position the right way. He makes the game look effortless. Um, he literally gets wherever he wants. I mean, there's there were several times and – I, admittedly so I haven't seen Robin in live action too much I've seen him I've seen him a few times through his career um but this is probably my maybe fourth or fifth time and there was just so many at so many points where you know he's in a high ball screen and maybe the big did a decent job of showing or hedging or whatever the case may be and it just didn't matter and, and it's nothing that he does is flashy he just takes the right angles he plays low um he gets to his spots and minimal dribbles and you know he's just a playmaker man 60 over 16 points dishing out over six assists, doing his due diligence on the glass, just under four per game. Um, and, and most importantly, you know, in, in 111 minutes played, 
uh, had 26 assists to six turnovers. So he's a guy who's going to take care of the ball and without a doubt be a uh, be a gem there at Baylor for uh, head coach Scott Drew. Yeah, just his wiggle and just getting to the paint whenever he wants, just kind of creating those those paint touches to to open up the defenses was really big for that team final team. Um, so Dave did not watch 17U, uh, was locked in on 15 and 16s. So we'll move on to the next one. Uh, new names that kind of popped uh, this week for us. Uh, my first one is um, 2024 for Mean Streets, uh, Morez Johnson. Just an absolute load on the block. Um, he had 18 points. Uh, he had 10 rebounds. See his other stats. 18, 10, was 10 of 12 from the line. Um, only 4 of 10 from the field. I think there was the, the officiating that game was kind of wild. He got hit on a couple of those. But um, just really attacking the glass and finishing his opportunities, just playing hard as hell. Uh, that always stands out to me. Um, and, you know, he definitely was looking for that that big moment because um, they were playing uh, against uh, Liam McNeely and, and co. Um, that was that was a really fun matchup. We'll get to that later. Uh, Kedrick Simmons for uh, Team Thad, 25-6-6 uh, kind of wing, um, was really working team takeover, just getting to a lot of – a lot of loose balls, um, hit some shots, was scoring in the paint. Um, really liked the the weekend that he put together. And then um, also Boo Williams, Silas Barksdale, um, I believe he's about 6'7", uh, played in the game against uh, Cooper Flagg that I was watching and just made the right read, just was never sped up, you know, caught in the high post and kind of was a creator from there. Had a really, really nice uh, pocket pass to a cutter. Um, when he got doubled after he'd been scoring a bit in the paint, uh, just rebounding the hell out of the ball. Um, I think he's got some some upside, caught a few offers after the tournament. So uh, looking forward to kind of following him at a at a more intimate level, I guess, because I'm not really big on 757 basketball. That's Jack Heron with rep hoops that I lean on for a lot of that stuff. But looking forward to keeping tabs on him throughout the season. Uh, Colby, what you got for this one? I can't hear you, Colby. You yeah, you good. I was muted. Um, I, I mean, I, I had a there was there was a bunch of guys that I that I had. Um, just in terms of, you know, that I hadn't seen before. Um, in 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 a live setting, I would say. Um, but I I, I guess it's not a new name. Uh, but I would just say because I think this is one thing I wanted to kind of touch on in the in the early goings as well. Um. I don't know if you guys got a chance. And again, I know it's low hanging fruit, but that uh, Cooper flag, man, he's everything that he's everything that everybody makes him out to be. And right. it, what's, what's even more impressive is, um, you know, obviously the guys around him, you know, they're, 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 there's talent, but it's not as much talent for an EYBL squad. And uh, he really, he really just carries that team. And uh, even though, you know, they struggle to, to put wins together, uh, it was for me again, not a new name, but to there was my first time seeing him live. And Aaron, I know you've seen him a few times, um, especially in down in down at Geico. Um, so I I, I kind of want I wanted to get your opinion too from seeing him in that setting to this setting because you know being around at Geico, a bunch of bunch of elite you know future league guys um, to there. Was there any was there any things that you picked up? The one thing that I really like with him that sticks out is how competitive he is, the, just the mm-hmm. fire that he plays with. Um, he, he he came out and played in that first AAU event, I think, in Chicago, 
you know, after the season, just looking like he was pissed off that, that Montford lost. Um, and he just, he just cares. I think sometimes it manifests itself in negative ways. Like there was, there was some really bad officiating in the Boo Williams game, but it was kind of just like, he was frustrated with, uh, it, his twin wasn't playing well in that game, uh, ace flag. Um, and I think he let that boil over with the refs ended up fouling out of the game. Um, and I think just in that situation, he just has to know that, you know, certain refs, refs are the worst. They're <laughs> the worst at every level of basketball. It's not going to change. Um, I think but kind of maintaining your composure is important um, in that context. But, you know, just the fact that it was coming from uh, a really like fire competitive side and not an immature side was was important to me. And just also how much he cares about the defensive end of the floor. He's a dog. He's a dog on that end. And, you know, he he comes at dudes with the same ferocity, you know, when when he when he matches up with them and they're following him a little bit harder or they take the matchup really seriously. Like he's the Super Bowl of everyone he plays against. Um, you know, when, when guys start yapping, he he starts really strapping them up, you know, even more than he was before. And I, I really, really enjoy that. Um, so, Dave, what you got for this one? Yeah, uh, two expressions, guys, uh, for 16U. Uh, first one was Jalen Harrell, uh, or Harrell, excuse me. Um, he played, uh, he's like a wing, but he really likes the mid post, um, which was something that was kind of refreshing. You don't see that as much now, just guys kind of floating around the three-point line. Um, but, you know, he can catch and face. He can, uh, he's a really good playmaker out of the post and can find teammates. Um, and then he really just showed not only can he score from the mid post, um, he can really shoot the three. He's got great backspin on the shot, uh, plays above the rim, just a super smooth wing that can be dependable as a scorer and then can get his teammates involved too. Um, I was looking at his uh, recruitment since the weekend, since the EYBL session one concluded, he has received offers from Alabama, Providence, Washington, Georgetown, and UMass. Um, Average 23, six and two on the weekend. So definitely a super productive weekend for him getting in front of uh, coaches. And then also his teammate, Nigel James, compliments him well. He's a point guard, can really push the pace, super twitchy. He knows how to change speeds. Um, really good mid-range pull-up guy. He can hit tough mid-ranges on the run. I think that's really difficult nowadays. You don't see that out of guards a lot, just shots on the mover really hard to hit and he makes those look easy he can get to the rim whenever he wants just super electric with the ball in his hands and can really establish himself with two feet in the paint he also got some offers over the weekend uh providence and marquette so definitely providence is keeping an eye on these expression guys for sure um let's see uh also another guy um this guy kind of has an interesting background uh donovan williams he's playing up for the florida rebels um, this is my second time seeing him. So he's 15 playing for the Rebels 16U. Um, right now he's kind of just like serving a role, but I was just really impressed from what I saw from him here, just, you know, stretching the floor with his jump shot, uh, really gets after it on defense, uh, really athletic, uh, st really good lateral quickness, can stay in front of ball handlers. Uh, the Florida Rebels really like to press a lot and speed the game up and, you know, try to, wreak havoc and force turnovers and he's really pivotal in that press just speeding opponents up and trying to make them make poor decisions so I was really impressed with him and his ability to just shoot the ball play defense play a role and then he's also rebounds the ball well from the guard spot so those three guys I was really uh impressed with 
Awesome. Uh, let's move on to our, our favorite teams to watch. Um, for me, you know, I'm going to keep it local. Um, Colby, we're going to talk about either the 15U Mellow or, or 16U Takeover, just so I don't step on it. Uh, no, I, I didn't really – no, I didn't really uh, – I don't think I, I planned to, to talk okay. on that. No problem. Definitely should. <laughs> okay. I'll let you we'll we'll both talk about Mellow 15U then. Um Team Takeover 16U is just a group that I I really enjoy watching. Um because they play the game the right way. They've been together for a while and they just have dudes that just excel in their role. Um, you know, that because they got like Austin Williford is maybe potentially my favorite basketball player to to watch. Um, honestly, really at any level, just because the way that he plays the game, plays really hard defensively, um, pokes pokes out, get a lot of steals, stuff like that. Um, and just plays unselfishly, just makes the right read, um, developing as a ball handler. Um, and so I think that's the biggest area, just kind of with the turnovers and stuff like that. But really love his game. Uh odd line that we touched on earlier is their you know, skilled score. Uh, Christian Gerdak had a really, really good weekend. Um, just a big 6'9 forward that plays for them. Uh, low low block score, gets all of his, his misses and puts them right back up. Uh, he was just he was just killing dudes, you know, going to the post, just just kind of felt them on his back and uh spun the other way. Um, Derek Dixon uh, from Gonzaga, just so smooth offensively, just kind of gets to his pull up in the mid-range and it's just fluid, just automatic. Um, Jamari Jenkins, they brought him from West Virginia. Uh, quick little point guard. He's been solid. Uh, Jaquan Womack, one of my favorite kind of sleepers in this class. Um, doesn't get a ton of time and opportunity with PVI with, you know, all the guys they they have above him, kind of upperclassmen and stuff. But I think he really handles business when he gets in there and is raw, you know, has some good flashes as a rebounder, attacking the basket at a really, really crazy baseline dunk where he, he caught a body. Uh, Quincy Wadley has been picking up a lot of attention. He's playing up with the 16s. So really advanced, like six five score. Um, and then Wyatt Norton just rebounding the hell out of the ball, you know, playing hard defensively. And the the craziest thing is that they played this weekend without Jordan Smith Jr., who's just a baby manimal. He's just it, if you have the chance to go watch Jordan Smith Jr. play, please do. Just defensively play so hard. Uh, was really kind of the straw that that stirred the drink outside of Deshaun uh, Harrismith with uh, with team, with um, PBI. It was really important for this team as well. Hopefully coming back like session three. Uh, Tim Walker was sitting out as well. Uh, talented player at St. Mary's Riken. In addition to Jalen Rugier Rowan, uh, whose knee injuries should be coming off of soon as well. So so that team and just how hard they were playing together and just how dominant they were the whole weekend. You know, outside of that team Thad game you know, without arguably two or three of their best players even playing. Uh, Bonafide power five prospects like that, like with that, without a doubt. Littered up into all up and down the roster. Um, and Antoine does a, a, a great job coaching them as well um, with some great assistance on his staff. Uh, Mellow 15U, um, you know, a lot of people like like Colby alluded to think that they're just the the <laughs> the Adam team. Um, and he's a great player, but there's, there's some other – really solid players on that team as well. Uh, El Tariq Reeve, uh is a, is a player that I think uh, college coaches to get to know now and get involved early. You know, he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, really athletic, raw, kind of learning the game, but just plays hard, um, comes in and, and plays well in the minutes that he gets. Uh, Karan Wheeler 
is an incoming freshman um, in the Baltimore Catholic League. Um, you know what school he's going to, Colby? I'm blanking on it off the top of my head. Uh, say the name again, Aaron. Uh, Karan Wheeler. I know he was. I, I know he went to St. Paul's Middle, right? Well, yeah, that's, that's St. Paul's, Paul's Middle. That's where it is. Yeah, so he's yeah. going to St. Paul's in the fall. Um, he can really play. Bryson uh, Price, really good point guard that that was key to them coming back and, and almost beating Team Takeover this past weekend. Uh, Cam Loss in the point guard of St. Francis is really good. Parker um, that, that Colby was talking about earlier, just really high IQ player, good shooter. Um, Derek Robinson Jr. Uh, was giving them really good minutes as well. St. Mary's Reitkin, uh kind of wing forward that just rebounds the hell out of the ball. There's just some turnover issues right now, but he's young. And then Adam, you know, I think Adam took some stride, made some strides this week as far as just impacting the game when he wasn't scoring, uh, just rebounding the ball, starting the break, finding guys. You know, he had, I think, two blocks in the game that I watched, um, turned the ball over, and then they came down the floor and he and he blocked the shot immediately. Um, I think just as he adds more of that to his game and works on the shot IQ of some of the shots that he takes when he gets hot, some of the heat check ones are a little wild, but, you know, he has a bright future ahead of him as well. So, um, Colby, anything to add to that with that mellow team? No, no, man, you covered it. It, it covered it all very thoroughly. Um, I, I, I'm going to make mine quick for the, for the favorite team, uh, yeah. new Heights lightning 17, U. Hmm. um, it average over 92 a game, uh, <laughs> Todd Pettiford, Elliot Cadeau, Malik Thomas, Ja'Kai Howard. I mean, that just to name a few of these guys, uh, you know, Tariq Watson, I mean, if you if you're listening to this podcast, you probably follow the sport pretty closely. So I don't really have to, uh, you know, go into them, you know, in terms of breaking those guys down too much. But man, I mean, just to just to throw out a number here, that you know, now that you're scanning stats and whatnot, Elliot Cadeau, 43 assists, eight turnovers in 94 minutes. Um, so yeah, I, he's got he's got some control over the game. But uh, but yeah, and they were just. They were fun to watch get up and down. Uh, they didn't lose a game all, all, all weekend, and it's just going to be fun to uh, watch them play and, you know, if they stay together throughout the summer moving forward. Yes, sir. Dave? Yeah, uh, this was a team I caught a lot of over the weekend, and I've already touched on two of the guys. Um, Night Ride as elites, uh, 16U, just very well-constructed team, just – the personnel just really aligns, um, you know, kind of touched on Cameron and uh, Dante earlier, you know, Cameron being a super skilled offensive big who can switch some and then Dante just being a do it all like three that is super unselfish and plays defense. But some other complimentary pieces, they have Cameron's uh, Boozer's brother, obviously, Caden, who's just like really sets the table on offense, gets guys involved, um, pushes the pace, uh, makes the extra pass. Um, he was constantly finding his brother on lobs when he'd like establish two feet in the pain, just dump in, he'd score uh, during the event, just super all around guard, 13 points, nine assists, seven rebounds a game. So just doing a little bit of everything. Um, also um, some other guys that they had on the team, uh, Benny Fragella, just straight up, just shooter, like, Knows his role, shoots the heck out of the ball. I mean, heck, 34 of his 37 shots were threes. So he definitely knows what he's good at and sticks to that. Um, so, yeah, high-volume shooter, helps stretch the floor. Um, Alexander Lloyd, top 30, top 40 guy, 
really athletic, gets off the floor, finishes in transition, can shoot the three a little bit, plays above the rim, just a really nice complimentary piece for Caden. And then uh, Dwayne Wembley Jr. is a guy that I really like too. He doesn't care if he scores or not. He's all about playing defense, really long athletic, can pretty much guard every position at the AAU level right now. Um, Florida State is offered, definitely fits the Leonard Hamilton mold as like a long athletic wing that really likes to defend. He can play make some too. So those guys just the way that they all gel together and they all have a specific role and they don't care who scores. They just want to win and they all take smart shots and play within the flow of the game. So just a really fun, complete team that is just orchestrated perfectly to benefit one another. Coach Andrew does a really good job of holding them accountable as well. And, you know, just has great relationships with all of them. Cause I think all or most of them train with him at that facility as well down in Miami. All right, let's move on to favorite individual matchups. Um, for me, it was Oakland Soldiers, Mike Lewis versus Rob Wright. You know, Colby alluded to it earlier. You know, that that duo just really got it going toward the end of the fourth quarter and just trading buckets, you know, in end of the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, and then my other one was Trey McKenney uh, versus Liam McNeely. Um, the officiating was real rough in that one. Uh, Trey McKenney, I think, picked up his third foul. Man, I think it was like – early in the third quarter and um, he had to sit out for like the entire third quarter. And I think he had like 19 when he sat out um, just was really getting to his spots and, and just making shots, doing what he does. Um, and Liam McNeely, I think struggled from the the field, especially in the, in the beginning, the get go, but you saw a lot of the fire with him. You know, he was missing the layup, but he got the rebound and finished on the other side was competing defensively um, shot. Like I said, wasn't really falling, which is very irregularly for him. He is a flamethrower, but, um, you know, really enjoyed that matchup as well. Uh, Dave, what you got for this one? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Colby touched on Will Riley earlier. Um, just seeing him play against the Florida Rebels, which is like a super athletic team full of wings, like Bryce Hurd, Jameer Jones, just full of athleticism. And just like seeing those that or that dynamic between both of those teams play against one another, just two teams with really dynamic wings. I mean, it was super entertaining. And like Colby said, like Will's not the flashiest guy, but he's going to get to the free throw line. He's going to find ways to beat guys off the bounce. Um, he's just got really good touch around the rim. So I think he finished with 31 points in this game, which is Super impressive considering he's playing against, you know, Jameer Jones is a five-star level guy. Bryce Hurd's a like four-star level wing. So I was just really impressed like watching both of those teams, the level of skill. I mean, some really high level power five division one talent on both teams. One, uh, the game of the week for me, you know, be quick was, was the one we mentioned earlier, uh, team takeover 15s over Mello. Um, you know, I, I really, Really wanted to mention again, Karan Wheeler. Uh, I think he's going to be really good, hyper athlete. Just limited minutes right now, trying to find his way, kind of raw. And, you know, Altric Grevy as well. Um, I thought takeover, they just get to the basket. And and I thought uh, that Bugs was playing really well. Uh, Caden Samuels that, that plays high school basketball for Bishop McNamara with, um, with Alex. And um, just rebounded the hell out of the basketball, got to the rim, extended possessions. Um, he can shoot it a bit as well um, and just doesn't need the ball in his hands to score. Um, I thought that he was really solid this past weekend. Um, and the the big man contributions from Ricardo Meadows and um, 
from I'm blanking on his name right now. The uh the big man at St. John's, uh Colby helped me out with that one. Zion Chase. Zion you know. Chase is he struggled from the free throw line that game, uh for yeah. sure, but just defensively is just a monster and especially on the glass as well. So really enjoyed that one. Colby, what you got for this? Uh, this one, Aaron, it messed up uh, our Bojangles trip uh, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, team final and Oakland Soldiers. The, the first night, Friday night, 830 game went into um, overtime. So we were in the gym till about 1030, 1045. Uh, it was the coming out party really for, I mean, for me, for uh, Mikey Lewis, who ended up leading session one in scoring, put up 34 against, you know, a pretty stout team final team. Um 34, seven rebounds. And then on the other side, uh, again, not to beat a dead horse, but Rob Wright pretty much took over in overtime. There was a lot of things that 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 happened in that game where, uh, you know, you go from Thomas Sorber fouling out uh, and then, you know, Ahmad Noel, who led the team with 25 in the game, ends up catching a cramp with about three to four minutes to go, uh, never comes back in. I forgot and, about that moment. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water and mustard on the floor. Yep, yep. And and you could tell that like, he was trying to he was trying to jog it off from the sidelines, but you could tell that if he would have tried. I, I, you know what? I actually think he did go back out with like two minutes left. But you know, he's not going to be the the same Ahmad Noel when you when you're nursing a, a cramping calf. Um, but yeah, man, I think it just stood out with how Rob just took over in that overtime frame, and he did it in front of a lot of people. Um, and, and it just shows to how. Uh, you know, before that time, before the fourth quarter and and, and overtime, you know, it's a very uh, pedestrian sort of game for him. And he stepped up when his team needed most and they got a they got a big win as a result. Yes, sir. Dave. Yeah, the the game that just really caught my eye was just the overall performance from Cooper flag against pro skills, the 52 point explosion um, just. I really don't think he missed a shot the whole first half. He probably took nine or 10 and he hit all of them. I know he finished 16 of 18 from the field, just an absolute clinic uh, game. Game came down to the wire pro skills, ended up pulling it out uh, with some just really good, strong guard play from uh, Jeremiah green and uh, Edwards. Um, just both of those guards, man, they really complement each other. Like Jeremiah green, he can just get in the lane super athletic uh everybody on that team was also just like rotating on who was going to guard cooper i mean they were just throwing the kitchen sink at him like you know they'd have like on inbounds they'd have a guy front and fronting him and then a guy behind him just trying to make life as difficult as possible for him and it just did not matter when you're 6 10 6 11 and can just shoot over defenders and have guard skills it's just super hard to combat that so that game was just super fun um just really up and down pace and just a Probably the best individual AAU performance I've seen in that game with Cooper going for 52. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that was incredible to see. Wish I would have been uh, been there for that. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Um, kind of still holding stock in the player that, you know, had flashes but but didn't necessarily impress kind of throughout the weekend, but coaches could should still track. Um I have two for this one. Uh, Caden Lewis um, from our area uh, moved over to Team Durant um, after playing a lot of the, I think the last year or two with Mello. Um, just kind of finding his way and just, you know, finding, just picking his spots and getting to the basket and scoring, you know, hitting shots from the perimeter. 
just a really like smooth operator in, in the paint kind of finishing, you know, with that left around the basket. Um, really think he has a bright, you know, future ahead of him. And then uh, 2025, you know, another 2025 guard, Mac Irvin, uh, fire guard, Elijah Lovemore, uh, 6'3", 6'4", just very toolsy and can kind of do a little bit of everything. And you can see that it's coming together. He had two or three turnovers, you know, just kind of took his guy off the bounce and just made the right read, but just the execution wasn't there. Just missed him on the bounce pass and or just kind of passed it too late. Um, you know, he's really – I think he's starting to put that together and I think he has a really bright future ahead of him. Um, just, just a name to track, obviously 2025. So there's time, you know, with that. So Colby, what you have for this one? Speaking locally with, uh, Daquan Davis, um, team takeover 17, U. just didn't have, you know, a, a great weekend overall, man, just kind of struggled, uh, to find his groove. Um, you know, I think it was a, a mixture of, again, like I said, that team takeover team where it was in no, you know, free live uh, warm up events. And I think it showed a little bit, even though they, they still were impressive for, for spurts. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, if they would have had a tune up event or, or two, like some of these teams, I think the results would have been a lot different, but, you know, Daquan just kind of struggled to find his, his, his shot, um, you know, average just under six points a game, which, you know, Aaron, for you, for guys like, and I who see him all the time throughout the season, you know, Max Preps, DC player of the year. Um, you know, he's a guy who you can always pencil in for at least 15 a game in terms of in terms of scoring. Uh, so that that was kind of surprising. But, you know, even still, the the teams remain heavy on him. Maryland, Penn State, Providence. Um, they're all recruiting him very heavily and are hoping to get his commitment here soon. Um, but I wouldn't, I, you know, I'd urge other other programs to to kind of chime in as well because he's a lot of he's a, he's a guy who does a lot of the intangibles. Uh, you're not going to find a, a more intense competitor, and even though you know he might stand six foot six foot one, um, he's got a presence of a, a, a six foot four guard. You know what I mean? He's 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 he never backs away from a fight. So um, he's just a guy who contributes to winning, and I think that coaches should definitely stick around with him despite uh, you know looking at bare numbers on, on a computer screen. Yeah, the 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 eye test, you know, some coaches, you know, don't like guards that aren't six six. But I mean, I, to me, it doesn't matter if a guard is six one and athletic as hell and plays as hard as he plays, man. It makes up <laughs> makes up for everything. You know, he's just the winner and he's proven that at every stop. So uh Dave, yep. what do you got for this one? I'm going with uh Jameer Jones out of the Florida Rebels. Um I noticed this this past weekend when I was at Midwest Mania, he did not play with them this week or that weekend. So I think some of it had to do with, you know, him getting acclimated to his teammates, um, you know, not playing with them the weekend before. So I feel like, you know, going into this tournament, you know, for the Rebels, they just have so much talent up and down the roster, especially at the wing spot with uh, Joshua Lewis and Bryce Hurd. Um, and then Jalen Reese running the show. I think he was just trying to find his way. I mean, there's no denying the talent. I mean, he's a five-star on 24-7. Uh, Houston loves him. They've been recruiting the heck out of him. Um, that kind of shows you what kind of caliber player he is and what uh, Calvin Sampson thinks of him. But, you know, just super athletic, really physical, can play above the rim, really strong for his age. Just need to see the jump shot come along. Like he only took five threes throughout the whole event and he didn't hit one. So, you know, you'd like to see some more flashes of shot making, but there's no denying the athletic, you know, 
landscape of Jameer Jones and like what he brings to the table and his uh, ball skills and his ability to finish. It's just going to take some time, I think, to find skill or fine tune those skills. But there's a lot to like there. And I'm really curious to see how he progresses with the Rebels going forward since they have so much talent already. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's move on. Just uh, two more questions left. So as always, you know, our job as, you know, evaluators is to to try to help kids get kids to the next level and to get them to the right fit. Uh, so who are some available seniors in your area that college coaches should still be looking at? Uh, for me, first one is, you know, I've been beating this drum for a while. Jaden Winston, the math, just a winner competitor, um, just pure point guard runs the show, um, makes everyone better, uh, kind of creates, he did a really good job of creating shots for players this year. You know, Colby can kind of attest to this, but just creating shots for people that really need shots created for them. You know, whether that's kind of specialists and shooters or, you know, some of his big men, you know, really just kind of drawing to and, and just making it a, a really um, <laughs> an easily makeable shot, um, just setting the table for them. And then uh, Marvin Brimage uh, for Jackson Reed. Um, just a really competitive guard, um, good shooter, can really heat it up and, and, and get it going, get hot and hurry. Um, and I think down the stretch, uh, you know, he was had some shooting issues, I think, in, in the DCIAAs. But, you know, his, his volume of work kind of speaks for itself. You know, he's just a bucket. And I think that that is, is you know, a guy that can score from three levels, is competitive as hell, works hard. Hit shots, uh, solid grades, um, is is a player that college coaches should be looking at. Uh, so Colby, what you got for this one? Uh, just two guys, really quick. Isaiah Mabang, uh, from from Winston Churchill, um, down there in Montgomery County, ha- had a really good high school season. Uh, hit the game winning shot, the game winning three in the Montgomery County Championship. Six foot two lead guard, uh, extremely quick end to end, extremely quick with the ball, quick twitch. Uh, anything that you want, he can really, really create for others as well. Um, and and it, I think where coaches are kind of being a little bit hesitant with Isaiah is, uh, you know, he'll give you 12 turn, uh, he'll give you 12 assists and then, you know, but also have seven or eight turnovers. Um, what I, my argument against that would be the caliber of player that he's playing with at, at, at you know, say a Winston Churchill, um, you know, nothing against them. It just kind of is what it is. A lot of those guys aren't ready for the passes that he's delivering in such small windows and such a, uh, you know, split second of time when you have to capitalize on those sort of plays. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think he's a guy who, you know, some low major programs or whatnot that are they're still looking uh, for a point guard who they can continue to build around um, going forward for, you know, years on end. Isaiah Mabang should be a guy that they look into. Um, and then I, I'll just go with another guy, Corey Chesley from a good council, six foot four, really strong frame, freakishly athletic. Um, a, a, the biggest blemish with him was, you know, is he a consistent shooter? Uh, Aaron, I know you were at DMV live last year. I know you maybe didn't get to watch a ton of games because you were busy on the sidelines, but, you know, Corey proved himself, especially from the corners as a catch and shoot and throughout the season, of course, he had his ebbs and flows, but for the most part, he can make a shot and he's capable. And I think that with his size, his athleticism and his strength, um, you know, he's definitely a guy that is 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 
viable to be a, a low major prospect, uh, at the least in my opinion. Yeah, I haven't seen the bang play, but you know, I can definitely attest to to you know him. You know, with with good counsel, you know, I think that there were so many different pieces they were trying to fit in. And like you said, he is a freak of nature athlete that that can really get to it. And that those just don't grow on trees. You know, six four athletes that get tip dunks, you know, get deflections defensively, get out in transition. Uh, I think Chesley's a really, really solid player that could be a good late get uh for for like you said, loading and major college coach. What you got for this one, Dave? Um, so there's a kid from my area named uh, Gabe Sisk. Uh, he goes to Ballard High School, um, six six, can shoot the ball, um, good size. He's got a pretty long wingspan too. I mean, he shot fifty percent from the field and forty from three on some serious volume, almost two hundred attempts. Um, so, I just feel like with shooting being such an asset to the game and just teams desperately cover like coveting it at every level. I don't know how Gabe hasn't gotten a chance at like a lower mid-major score, any, you know, more serious interest. He has some low major and some mid-major offers, but he still hasn't committed anywhere yet. So I feel like he's still kind of waiting around for the right opportunity. Um, All-state first team, seventh region player of the year um, in Kentucky. So I just feel like with his size, shooting ability, he averaged 23 points, nine rebounds a game. I mean, he's just a rock solid wing option that I feel like, could develop into a nice rotational just shooter at some sort of level, the D1 level. So that's kind of my overall opinion on Gabe Sisk and why he should be, you know, more coveted by some low majors or mid-majors. It's unfortunate with COVID and, you know, the effects that it's had on high school recruiting. So kind of moments like this are important to just try to try to get these kids looks, man, and get them to the right spot. Uh, so for the last one, our uh, favorite moment you know, from this tournament um, for me, man, we, we got into this game because we're fans of the game. Right. And, you know, I, I was looking up from, from, from my phone, watching one game and I'd see Mo Williams sitting next to me. I grew up a, a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, big Mo Williams fan as well. Um, you know, was, was unknowingly talking to, um, uh, the, uh, Jordan Crawford, um, while he was watching the family play mellow, um, talking a little bit about the, uh, the footage of that dunk that has never seen the light of day or was very scarcely seen the the, the light of day. Um, but the favorite one was definitely uh, Brian Scalabrini um, after the game against, against Boo Williams that, that Cooper flag fouled out of. He just walks up to him and goes to dap him up. Man, I don't like to swear on this podcast, but I have to. <laughs> he goes to dap up Cooper Flag. He said, I would have fucking murdered you. <laughs> I would have killed you on the court. And Cooper was laughing at it. I was like, man, they must have some prior relationship because that was such a cool moment. So, uh, Colby, what you got for this one? Knowing, I mean, obviously I don't know Scalabrini personally, but I, I think that's just a perfect Scalabrini to – to assume they don't know each other, to be honest with you. Um, but no, man, I, I just – I won't be long here. It's just the overall weekend. Um, you know, obviously people have their opinions on grassroots, uh, AAU, the scene, what goes all into it. You know, we can leave that where it lays. But when you're walking into the gym, feel that energy, you look around, you see all – you know, you see all the, the, the NBA guys coming back, whether it's current NBA guys or, or legends that we used to watch growing up or whatnot – there's just really nothing more that 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 can replace it. 
Um, and then, you know, you're, you're just getting getting the juices back flowing, even though it just feels like the high school season ended. AAU season's got a different feeling, and, and I'm just glad that uh, we can continue rolling here. Yes, sir. Dave? Yeah, just to, just to piggyback off Colby, just, you know, growing up seeing all these coaches, all the success that they've had, you know, you walk in the gym and it's Tom Izzo, John Calipari, I mean, Nate Oates, you know, Dan Hurley wearing his national champion jacket, you know, just seeing all that, you know, and then all the players like saw Carmelo, Tatum, Jermaine O'Neal, Boozer, it goes on and on. It's just so cool seeing like those guys still involved in the game and, you know, giving back to the game and talking with fans. Like I saw Carmelo interact with like so many young kids. It's just like refreshing to see that. I know like basketball is like ultra competitive, but it's nice to see that side, you know, you know, kids look up to these players and, you know, just seeing them being able to interact with them in like that type of setting and all the coaches. It was just really cool to see that type of stuff. It's cool because just sometimes they, they make so much money and there's so much notoriety and there's like, man, there's still people. <laughs> They're still here to watch their kid play basketball. And, you know, it makes me feel a little bit old to see, you know, some of my favorite NBA players, you know, either already retired or near that age with with sons that are playing high school ball. But it is really cool to see. So last thing, just kind of letting the people know where they can find you and your work. Uh, for me, it's at OWE Hoops and then at obviously Hoop Threads Pod. Um, new website coming soon as well on Patreon and uh, Colby. Where can people find your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Colby G Hoops. Find me on Instagram at Colby G Scouting. Um, you'll find various links throughout there. So give me a follow. You can follow the work. Dave. Yep, just uh, at Hendron David on Twitter um, or just like Pro Insights uh, website. Those are pretty much the two main places. Fantastic. Appreciate the time, guys. We'll keep in touch. I'll see you on the road soon. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.